Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 30th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's pastoral intern Emily Benja with the Gospel reading. Gospel reading from Luke, the fourth chapter. Then he began to say to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have had you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there were severe famines over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow in Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they had this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In last week's gospel story, we were left with a cliffhanger. Jesus had just finished reading from the scroll in the synagogue and proclaimed that he was fulfilling the prophetic message of Isaiah. Most of you may know how it is, what it's like to watch a movie or a football game and be rudely interrupted by a commercial of some like orange juice or maybe a phone commercial. Well, for us, that interruption was the lectionary. This Sunday, we begin with verse 21 and move into the response of the crowd to Jesus's revelation of his ministry. Jesus, the hometown boy, has finally come back and he has come back with this amazing prophetic message and the crowd is excited. And of course, it is an exciting time it's like when that college kid comes back from college and they come back with good news, hopeful news for the whole town. So of course, his hometown is excited for the changes that are about to happen in their town. With this new prophet, I imagine that in this crowd were people who knew Jesus's family intimately, people who were friends to Joseph the carpenter, people who were his colleagues, people who knew Mary, his mother, as a friend and a sister, people who remembered the 12-year-old wise little boy who preached in the synagogue in Jerusalem, the one who stayed behind at the temple while everybody else left, the son of Mary and Joseph, 
So of course they were excited. Jesus comes back home from the wilderness and this is an ushering of Jesus's ministry. And it begins right here in his hometown. He is telling of the ministry that he has come to do on earth. And it is exciting. The excitement in verse 22 is hardly missed. They are grasped by this proclamation, probably a promise that they hear for themselves. The poor, the blind, the underprivileged, they're exactly who Jesus has come for. But in a matter of what seems like seconds to us, things move from exciting to sour so quickly. Someone in the crowd talks about Jesus being the son of Joseph the carpenter. And perhaps it is this comment that prompts what Jesus' response in the next verses are. Or maybe it is because Jesus can tell that the crowd is claiming him, our hometown boy, our prophet. Then Jesus says in the next line, causes a great disruption in the group. He tells them, Doubtless you will tell me, doctor, cure yourself. Do here in your hometown the things that we had you do in Capernaum. And while these statements might, might sound like they come out of nowhere, I hear in them a warning for the crowd, for, not to, for them not to fall into the temptation to try and personalize Jesus. He is not their personal Messiah. But why not? He is our hometown boy. He just came back home and before he takes the log out of another town's eye, he might as well begin with us, right? Wrong. Because the revelation of God's glory, even in the time of Elijah and Elisha, extended to a widow in Zarephath in Sidon and in Na to Naaman in Syria, Jesus did not come for Nazareth. He was not the son of Joseph but the son of God. He had come for the world and his ministry was to the world. If you're like me, you must be wondering why the violent reaction in the crowd. How can their reaction to something so simple be so extreme? How can they want to throw him off of a cliff, the same person that just a few minutes ago they were so excited about, the person who gives them a message of hope? So I wondered to myself, where has the gospel stretched me out and called me into these very uncomfortable places? And of course, there's a couple of times this has happened, but the most recent is an experience that I had a few weeks ago in a, in a film that I had to watch for one of my classes. I Am Not Your Negro is the title of the movie. And it is based on, James, on a James Baldwin writing he wrote before he died. In the film, of course, from, as you can tell from the title, a lot of things are disturbing, but for me, was this one white woman whose response to the integration of schools says, God forgives murder, God forgives adultery, but God is angry and curses all who do integrate. I was angry. I was so angry at this woman, at the confidence that she had saying those words, but especially at her words. 
How dare she? How dare she confidently claim that people who are doing an act of love are hated by God? How dare she spread all of this hatred about my people, about my beautiful dark skin? How dare she proclaim that my God, who is full of love, kindness, and grace, hates me more than matter? How dare she? I was so angry. I was so angry that I questioned the relevance of the existence of people such as her. I was so angry that if a person hauled her to a cliff and was going to throw her off, I am unsure if I actually would have stopped them. I was so angry. And it is right here that the gospel reveals my similarity to the crowd in my anger and heart. I forgot a critical truth, that it is for such as this that the gospel of Jesus came for. The poor and the blind, both in spirit and in body. Oftentimes, when we hear healing, we only relate it to the body. But God does heal beyond the surface wounds. God heals hatred fear, selfishness, and all acts that push us into harming ourselves and others. And so, as much as I was angry at that woman, God's gospel is also for her. My God is also her God. Jesus' ministry crosses so many boundaries. And he calls those on the outcast and brings them to the table. And sometimes those outcasts are people such as that woman. And honestly, that is a hard truth. It is not easy when the gospel does not align with what I want God's agenda to be and look like. And when the gospel that I hear for myself also follows a woman who, honest, who was honestly convinced that God hated black people more than matter. The gospel is for me, but the gospel is also for the rest of the world. The gospel is to reveal God's glory and goodness that crosses boundaries beyond our own imagining and acceptance. The gospel is radical. It is not to be personalized so that we may feel good and that as much as we may not like hearing that sometimes, that is the gospel. God so loved the world. With all of its beauty and flaws, God so loves the world. God's transforming love and salvation comes for all. For God wants the best of the best for each and every single one of us. And sometimes the cost of it is very uncomfortable because you see, the truth is on the other side of love your neighbor is give up your privilege and all of your wealth. And that is hard truth. For me, it was the realization that even in her brokenness, that white woman was a beloved child of God, who the gospel so longed and still longs to reach out to. And it's hard, but it is gospel. In Luke, 
Jesus' gospel calls for love of neighbor as oneself. This gospel breaks bread with a friend who betrays Jesus. It restores the ear of a man who comes to arrest Jesus. That is the gospel. And it is hard truth sometimes, but it is also good news because you see God's love is unlike ours. God's love sees us all at the core of who God created us to be, not what we have become or what we have done or what people believe we are and what we should be doing. God sees us at the core and claims us and calls us every day and longs to transform us to be the people that God created us to be. And that is the gospel of God. It is hopeful. It is filled with love and transforming and revelation that is beyond anything that we can ever imagine. During Bible study this Wednesday, I struggled a lot with this new understanding of gospel. So I asked our group, how do we be faithful to God's gospel in these uncomfortable places? And someone answered something along these lines, that as long as I'm I'm reminded that the work that I am doing is empowered by God, then all will be well. So as we move out in the world, as the radical gospel of God continues to reveal itself in breakthrough and breakthrough in this world of ours that is broken and sometimes crushes us, may we be empowered by the strength and courage to live out this gospel of God and be stretched out in ways that are uncomfortable and reach out to the people that sometimes we don't feel the gospel is for. May our eyes be open to the revelation of God in our presence here together and throughout the world. This is the proclamation of God's gospel. Thanks be to God.